Having spent 14 years in the corporate jungle with IT behemoths like IBM, SAP, Wipro and GBM in Dubai and the last four building two non-IT brands as a first generation entrepreneur, Brainbox is a podcast that is focused around leadership. I will be interviewing very successful people on the show in an honest, unscripted chat so we can learn from the experiences and gain valuable insights. With an audience spread over 12 countries, it's only fitting that my guests will be from at least five different countries and will encompass all the key functions, sales, technology, marketing, or the very critical human resources function. I'm Kaushik Bose and welcome to The Brain Box. Today on Women's Day, I have a very special guest on the show. She is the CHRO for iCore, a global business line of one of the world's largest IT organizations, Wipro Limited. She is the homegrown Wipro leader, Preeti Kataria. She is responsible for anchoring and leading Wipro Cares, Mumbai chapter, while passionately leading and partnering in the organization efforts around inclusion and diversity. While given her various roles and global portfolios, she is also a student on weekends where she continues to learn and pursue her PhD from IIM Indore. A very warm welcome to the show, Preeti. Hey, thanks, Kaushik. Thanks for having me here today. Let's begin with a very critical topic that you've even written a research paper on, uh, young mothers returning to the workforce. Keeping in mind that Wipro has over 200,000 employees across 131 nationalities and over 36% women, how critical is it to have an inclusive workforce, including young mothers? Absolutely relevant. And, you know, this research piece is more uh, connected to, you know, my being a student while being an HR leader also. And uh, in that course, I think you go and embed yourself in the context, really figure out what's happening while you're trying to read up stuff while you are also a student. Mm-hmm. You know, so for the benefit of everyone, yes, I do study on weekends and Monday to Friday, I act on the HR role. And in that process, uh, being an IT organization, being a services organization, and of course, uh, like everybody else going through the pandemic. Mm-hmm. And the whole thing was, you know, while everybody was uh, going through it, somewhere there was this whole feeling that maybe this working from home uh, is, is, is a blessing, uh, is a flexibility. and You know, it's going in the right direction for enabling our women workforce. And the idea was, why not just pause and really check out what was really happening on the ground mm-hmm. when we had the bunch of young mothers uh, who are typically, you know, uh, five to seven years of experience, not yet probably uh, gone into a lead position or managerial position. But yes, maybe handling small teams as leads. And the questions which were coming in our mind, you know, as, as, as a uh, researcher, as a student, as well as an HR person, you know, that... Uh, understand concerning new mothers who actually embraced mother for during COVID-19 and were now in the various stages of maternity break, uh, keen to join back, restart their work life. So was it going to be different for first-time mothers planning to return to work? Was it likely to be easier for mothers who had experienced motherhood already? What were the challenges they're going to face? Was the work-from-home model really an attraction and pull uh, for them to accelerate their work or return to work? And any enablements needed, you know, and somewhere deep within, uh, you know, was the family demographics and the context influencing their plans to return to work. Mm-hmm. And in all of this, we could not remove, you know, if you ask me, the social fabric of our Indian society. In this whole process, I think some things are very glaring, you know, and uh, and there's been research done uh, during this pandemic that pandemic is likely to end up, uh, you know, most likely to end up uh, being gender regressive. 
the social isolation, you know, resulting from the lockdowns actually resulted in partners, children, all of them being at home True. throughout the day and night. So this whole experience of work from home was very different and how it was in the past, wherein it was seen as a flexibility by the women. Mm-hmm. Secondly, you know, uh, women are seen as the gendered person accountable for keeping the entire family together mm-hmm. and coordinating all the needs of the family. And these are research published, you know, not my my own creative, but was further getting endorsed when you speak to people mm-hmm. and walls having collapsed, you know, and this whole thing about uh, we can work both because someone was there looking after the children. But now when the call had to be taken, who will take care? Uh, probably it was likely to hit our women colleagues a lot more uh, than some of our, uh, you know, men colleagues. And this is something which we realized that, you know, the increased elements of childcare and somewhere we as women having been given this whole thing about, you know, the caregiver mm-hmm. and being part of the unpaid, you know, economy or the care economy. So some of the paid work, which was actually happening uh, in terms of nurseries, baby, you know, the daycares was all now moving to the unpaid economy of the woman at home, including the elders, uh, including the, you know, stuff which was happening. And it's been a struggle if you talk to, and that's what what discovered when we actually spoke to these uh, women colleagues, that uh, the key difference uh, for them was, you know, a very big plus was that it was great. Uh, you know, having the comfort of being at home while you were going through the last stages of pregnancy and consistent acknowledgement that, you know, embracing motherhood, being at home during the phase was really enabling. Now, what was hitting them was that the extended family at home, uh, no crash in case you already had one child at home, mm-hmm. the load was all over the place and it fell on the women employees. Mm-hmm. Few have actually gone ahead and said, we want to be back to work for a few days every week. Mm-hmm. And want to be in that office routine. You know, and these are quotes from the women employees. And, you know, crowded at times, want to meet colleagues and be away from the distractions at home. Keen to upgrade. Uh, another calling out I saw that. They really wanted to upgrade themselves, pick up new certifications. Mm-hmm. And have this whole, you know, paced out learning that, okay, fine, my child is sleeping for two hours. Do I have the opportunity to upgrade and do more certifications with the organization and be more ready? when I explore my opportunities back at work. Mm-hmm. Uh, one thing which left a lasting impression on me was that for all the women employees who had embraced motherhood, mm-hmm. where towards the final stages of planning to come back to work, I think the days had become longer mm-hmm. and it never ended for them. True. Uh, and so, Which is where I think they were now pausing and reflecting that it would be better if I was at work I could schedule my day a little better and some expectations natural, you know, as an organization that uh, how do you now make it a lot more flexible? Could my shifts be aligned to my, you know, child's pattern of sleeping? Could I opt for morning shifts if my child was a lot more stable in the morning and needed me in the night? Uh, Then expectation of, you know, certain enablements like planning and being back to the same account in which you had worked so that there is a comfort level of having known that ecosystem, knowing the customer and being back into that same project, which is something which we encourage now. Mm-hmm. We've been doing it relentlessly that your first place where you come back is basically your old project where you had left when you went on maternity break. Secondly, in terms of policies, you know, of, of how do you ensure that, you know, the learning, the inclusion, 
and there is this unconscious biasness of you know uh, is she really serious or is she going to need lot more flexibility can i really give her the job and that needed us to work on the other side with our managers who were waiting to welcome these uh, women back and managers could be of either gender to be fair they mm-hmm. also needed the sensitization that listen while they're coming back to work they may not be physically at work till you are really back in the office premises so how do you still embrace them how do you still be inclusive how still do you be objective that you know if somebody is coming back they have the good intention to deliver and create an outcome and maybe at time right now i think we are all co creating the you know the rules of the game from a hybrid working perspective and this will be a very important element for all the organizations that maybe some policies will need a review whether it is you know returning mothers so that we don't lose them and trust us uh we've tried this now for almost 8 9 months and women who came back in the month of may june last year mm-hmm. i have lost maybe 6 to 7% of them yet the target we had said you should not lose more than 10% in the first year when they're coming back and some of them will have reasons i mean you can't be 100% so we are tracking it and sometimes i think you know what gets the measured gets the delivered so while you had your eyes on uh, the the size and almost you know if i look at just my own unit uh, in icor uh, we've had 500 plus women coming back wow. and probably lost less than 10% in the last 9 months and we are still wanting to be more ambitious as we step into the next year and i think this is a culture across the larger organization of not wanting to lose your women talent and while you know women who are returning is one bucket of it today this hybrid working uh this uh, pandemic i think is also a blessing to look at the talent in the not so happening cities where you may be currently there and actually also reach out to that women talent and onboard them and actually add to the base of your diversity and whether it is 36% today you know we could reach 40% tomorrow mm-hmm. and build this pipeline as future women leaders is how i would look at it you know i don't think we have arrived yet to be honest I guess loyalty to the organization is the secret elixir uh, that most companies look for. So this is really interesting. Uh, moving on to what Brainbox is all about, leadership. Since your role encompasses leadership, not only in the role itself, but also for leadership hiring, what is usually the criteria that you look for when you're hiring for a leadership position? A uh, very interesting question. Uh, yes, currently at the role which I anchor, I am directly involved in the leadership hiring. And I think it's a lot about, uh, and people who we are looking at this stage, you know who are coming in as leaders are people who proven themselves already in some other organization in some other setup you know for 15 years 20 years are typically the profiles today you would be looking at and if you've been reading about us as an organization we are on a transformation journey ourselves you know mm-hmm. which we started a year plus back of realigning ourselves to the market uh, you know having a new uh, ceo in terms of taking charge who's, who's redefining the strategy and how we want to be you know seen as our ambition our boldness and in that process you are onboarding talent also because you need diversity from a thought process from an experience perspective while you also have seasoned leaders inside the organization thing which strikes you as of course you know the kind of stint that individual has had in terms of their own stability mm-hmm. and the kind of organization one has worked with uh, what's been the typical value system or the culture in those organizations because you have a fair idea of how things happen in those organizations and how this leader is you know how authentic that individual is you know about uh, uh being uh, open being transparent and our leaders willing to be you know at times the uh, vulnerable you know and inclusion mindset and these things you really don't ask upfront questions you know as narration happens as you deep dive into some of their 
projects or some of their portfolios or some of the way they have navigated their system, they've mm-hmm. navigated the, their organization or even their customer organization. I think it starts uh, it starts emerging as a pattern uh, or the kind of teams they have handled, you know, whether they have worked in time zones, they have been in global teams or, or they've been confined to one part of the world and may not really have a feel and an appreciation for the various cultures. And the most important thing, which is now emerging, uh, you know, some of the stuff which really worked in the past may not really work now because of the sheer way things are going to work or have started to work in the last two plus years of so remoteness in terms of this whole leadership style now becoming a lot more collaborative, a lot more communicating, a lot more uh, flexible. You know, your mind uh, has uh, mindset has to be, you know, are you tuned to being flexible as a leader? Uh, how much are you in terms of the trust that, you know, people are working and, you know, you don't see them on the screen, you don't see them across the table. Mm-hmm. Are you still this old school type, you know, whose who's comfort is more about having people physically around, which is not going to be the situation. So am I a leader who's also transitioning to the new ways of working or I come with a very fixed uh, mindset? Uh, the other piece which I keep my, you know, alertness on is also, the other panels who are with me who are evaluating the candidate, you know, let's not forget that while we are evaluating, the other person is also evaluating the organization at that level of leadership, seniority. Uh, you know, you can also get rejected by the potential leader you are hiring. So this side, you know, as co-panels, are we being very myopic? You know, are we just wanting to search or look at a person who is going to be like me? Or I want somebody who's going to be different from me because like-minded people are not going to bring in disruption or innovation. Mm. So do I have panels who have these traditional questions? And sometimes I need to correct them, you know, when you're especially, if I go back to the first piece of diversity, do I ask questions to women uh, leaders, which I don't ask to, you know, my men uh, leaders who've proven themselves. So I think, uh, I think the responsibility we all have as HR leaders today is not only to look at the talent you're bringing on board, uh, you know, and to ensure that the talent you finally choose, you enable him or her and so that they are successful in the organization. And for that, the mindsets of the leaders who are also looking at hiring leaders is equally important because I may hire somebody, but if my mindset is fixed, I'm still not open uh, to be, you know, challenged by somebody new. I'm not able to be inclusive, having, you know, assimilating a new leader. Then these new leaders, uh, will not have a runway in the organization and that's a failure of us as leadership it's a two-way process i don't look at it only with one lens if point that you also mentioned right so for example when you're hiring also i feel that a cultural fit also becomes very very critical so especially coming from a sales background myself uh in most organizations you'll find that a high performing salesperson wouldn't be asked to be you know irrespective of the amount of toxicity that he'd probably be creating so how do you, as an HR leader, uh, create a culture in which you have a cohesive unit, yet you have the results as well? I think I would just uh, probably defer out there uh, more from, you know, and I don't know about the others, but I can speak for my organization. Mm-hmm. I think it's very clear. It's uh, it's uh, values and performance uh, together. So you could be a great performer. You could be having your numbers. You could be the best project lead or the best, uh, best sales uh, leader getting deals after deals. But if your value system, you know, which is defined by the organization, the way we conduct ourselves, and we also believe in something, you know, I'm sure you would have read about it is our five habits, you know, which is a culture we've been trying to bring about in the last year plus. Mm-hmm. If you're not aligned and there is dissonance there and you're a wrong example and it's a wrong role modeling, 
I think we have paused and, and taken decisions uh, irrespective of whether you are a senior leader or you could be an account manager with, you know, with a good start and having cracked deals. And some of it, uh, in my view, the earlier you do it, uh, the better it is. And we've done it. You know, I've done it uh, myself along with my unit leadership because somewhere, uh, you know, as HR leaders for our business units, uh, the expectation is also that you are the custodian of the organization culture. And believe me, uh, there have been situations where we've had conversations even with the customer in complete candidness and maybe, you know, that also speaks of the way, you know, year on year for multiple years, we've been also getting acknowledged as the most ethical company around as one of our core values. Have we moved leaders out? Answer is a big yes. Uh, is there deliberation which happens? Again, the answer is a big yes. And are there areas of zero tolerance irrespective of your performance? Uh, completely big yes. So whether it is, you know, workplace harassment, whether it is uh, ethics in terms of our integrity, in the transactions you do, whether it's picking up a deal or working with a customer, I think these are zero tolerance. Absolutely. I mean, I completely agree because uh, in my days in Wipro also, one of the first few things that I was told is uh, turn the visiting card right around. You have the values there and these are non-negotiable. Don't even... I mean, this has to be imbibed in you and only then can you progress. So interestingly, yeah. even in Wipro, I find lots and lots of people, I, probably because of that reason, because they imbibe the culture. So there are lots of people you'll find who are spending probably 15 years, 20 years, 25 years. I would agree because if I personally look at my own self or some of the leaders in the organization at business level, at functional level, uh, at some point in time, I think you also want to work for an organization. And today, I think it's it's a lot more uh, vocal I see when I talk to campus uh, students in some cases or even to the leaders we are here we are planning to onboard at some leadership roles I think more than anything else people are looking up like you said in the beginning the culture the value system and is my personal value system in line with the organization value system and I think where there is a dissonance uh, no matter how much salary you are given uh, no matter how much of a you know, glamorous designation or a title you have Beyond a point, you can't, you know, force yourself and keep, you know, bringing yourself to work. If the values are a mismatch, you know, the culture is toxic. And that's the reason I've seen many uh, folks today do a thorough study on the organization's culture, especially if you're going through a change, especially if you've had a leadership change, especially if you're driving certain behaviors. So many times you have people who come back and say, listen, I need one more discussion to understand some of the ways you handle these situations. Because as for me, it's a career discussion. If for me, it's a career, you know, changing uh, move. I need to be clear that I want to spend the next 10 to 15 years here. And I don't want to make a hasty decision. So there's a lot of deliberation which is happening today. And it's not just about, okay, it's, uh, you know, Wipro or it's uh, organization X and they are known and I take a plunge. I think, uh, and hence it becomes very important for the organizations to really be the right examples and role models uh, to be able to be seen by the larger you know, audience, which is outside the, you know, boundaries of your organization, but watching you, how you conduct yourself and maybe willing to take a plunge, you know, to be part of your journey. Thanks so much, Preeti. And I can certify that you're one of the reasons that human in human resources exist. And a very big thank you for having taken time out for the show and wishing you the very best for your future endeavors. Well, thanks, Kashik, and pleasure being here. And of course, uh, you know, we go back a uh, number of years and, you know, thanks for calling that out. I think it's it's uh, it's good to connect back and it's good to have interactions which leave some lasting impressions on people. So I'm sure a lot of more enriching uh, insights from the guests who have already come and the more who are going to come. So 
all the best to you and the team feedback is a gift and ideas are the currency of a next success if you have either please do reach out to me on linkedin.com/in/kaushik-bose